do better. Welcome to Do Better Podcast, a digital content hub from Asade, built for minds interested in doing better. You can leave your comments and suggestions on dobetter.asade.edu. Welcome to the Asade Innovation Podcast. As you may know, Asade these days is hosting a vertical in, in TEDx, and, and this vertical is uh, about uh, technology and education in the Mobile World Congress for years from now. Uh, so today we will talk about education and technology and how this has been evolved. The following is a conversation with Professor Frank Pillar. Um, Professor Frank Pillar is from at WTH Business School in the University of Aachen. And uh, he is one of the pioneers in uh, virtual reality, augmented reality in higher education. In fact, uh, he discovered the metaverse well before <laughs> the people of uh, Meta was thinking that the Metaverse existed. So uh, thank you uh, so much and welcome, uh, Professor Piva, and thank you so much for being with Asadi and helping us in this podcast. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be with you. Thanks a lot for the invitation. <laughs> Thanks a lot and welcome to the Asadi podcast. And, and uh, we have a list of questions uh, for you. I mean, and the first question is, Uh, about the history of this uh, podcast, online education, and so on. During the cage, we used our imagine the imagination of the students and our imagination to create scenarios through cases. And this has been the method on business school. These cases with the imagination of the students to create hypothetical situations. MOOCs, Sparks, uh, small private online courses uh, appear, and then they change all these and so on. But these days we are thinking about the metaverse and the evolution of the metaverse in all these scenarios. Uh, how do you see this evolution from cases and the imagination to making this imagination more real in virtual reality? So, well, I would say in general, it's always complementary, meaning we are always adding another alternative, but still having the old established forms. So for me personally, in 2012, so almost 10 years ago, I got rid of lectures at Aachen. As I said, it's a waste of time to give always the same, you know, different students the same kind of lecture. But I use this flipped classroom formatting format. So once, you know, recording all my lectures on videos, giving the videos, the lectures, the students via video beforehand, and then using the time in the classroom only for discussions and interactions. And I did it with large classes where I have 1500 students, you know, to small master level classes with 20 students. And I think it worked perfectly. And then once we had the videos, we said, oh, we can also do, do it as a MOOC, you know, with edX and other platforms. And again, we saw we can actually use the same videos also for in-house um, corporate education programs, where we then have perhaps a, a video setting. So by exploring these technologies, I just thought we have more, you know, abilities to customize the same content to different audiences. And perhaps in the end, the same will happen with the metaverse. Um, I personally discovered the metaverse not in a teaching context. 
But already back in the mid 2000s, I was on the board of a company in Canada, in Montreal, my virtual model. And they were really pioneers in digital twins of humans and had wonderful solutions many, many years too early. They burned more than $100 million as we all were much too early in this field. But this is when I got exposed to avatars and this was a high first line of second life and so on. But I never really thought about teaching. This just happened more recently. And so this is what I'm now exploring it. It's just another element, you know, in the repertoire of, of teaching. Oh, yes. During these years, particularly because of COVID, we all have been exposed and involved in online education, synchronous online education with Zoom, recorded online education with a variety of tools and so on. Um, but you are a pioneer, a pioneer on all these, these fields. Uh, if you have to compare virtual reality, augmented reality, with these more methods that many of mm-hmm. us discovered because of COVID, <laughs> not you, but yeah. all the others discovered, uh, what do you think are the main differences between these methods? I would say it's very different. So for me, teaching, and we'll probably talk more about this, what I do in in detail later on, but for me, teaching in virtual reality in the metaverse is really not, I would compare it to classroom teaching, you know, in-person classroom teaching. I would not compare it to an online class. And for me, doing something in the metaverse is much closer to doing something in classroom than what you would do in an online deliverable deliverable, you know, on a MOOC or with with teaching videos and so on. And um, so, and this is probably what what is evolving in in my landscape. So we have these in-person interactions and they can be very rich discussions, you know, very interactive things where we have either in a classroom, in a hotel room or in the metaverse. Or you have these totally self-paced online classes, you know, where where they're perfect to deliver content, to deliver skills, competences, and so on. But self-paced online learning, perhaps with peer-to-peer interactions. And then we'll probably have something in between, like what we now do in Zoom, you know, that we have live meetings in Zoom with a larger group. But... Somehow, the, the later here, just live teaching in Zoom um, or even worse in Teams or uh, not so good platforms, this is somehow something in, in, in between. And then, of course, we have to think when we go, you know, to these really rich interactions, what we normally do in class, do we really have to travel or can we do it in the metaverse in a VR environment? Oh yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, frankly, it was a surprise in the recent weeks and so on because we all were surprised by a, a PwC study with Price Waterhouse Cooper that we're comparing to, uh, virtual reality now we call it the metaverse and avatars and so on mm-hmm. uh, with traditional training. And the results were fantastic. They found that it's four times faster in terms of effectiveness of training, particularly to in-class education, but two times faster than online education, 
four times more focus. And this is engagement is our big problem mm-hmm. in classes, particularly with these new generations that are, yes. that have so many screens, <laughs> so many screens everywhere. Small screens, larger screens, medium screens, so many screens. And then uh, that it was even more surprising because it was four times more emotionally connected students that with uh, traditional uh, in-classroom uh, experiences and so, and so on. Uh, what do you think? Is the metaverse the future of education? Well, it definitely is one future, you know, one of many futures. If I um, consider the numbers you just shared, I don't know if it's so strong four times, but I really can agree for it. So um, perhaps let's share a little bit with the audience what I'm doing basically in VR. In the moment, I use it for executive professional education classes. And this is a class which I am an open enrollment class is typical for business models, uh, for, sorry, for, for business schools. Um, in, in my case, one on industry 4.0, the other on in intelligent engineering, so digitalization of the innovation process and the engineering process. And before Corona, we got people for three, four days in a nice hotel, you know, or on campus in, in our executive um, teaching rooms. And we had rich interactions, lectures, group talks, um, company visits, you know, factory of the future visits and so on. And now we change this to virtual reality and we meet with these people over a week um, five hours a day in virtual reality. Before these people get an Oculus Quest to their home, they get like half an hour of onboarding that they know how to bring this headset into their home or office Wi-Fi and to operate it. And then we really do the teaching more or less there. And here, and so we really are 25 hours in virtual reality over course of a week. And here I learned exactly what I could see in this PWC study, that first on the feedback day, they all tell us traditionally, you know, that all the content was great. Now they often tell us, wow, this was like a spa, as I really had to focus on one thing. As the biggest advantage of virtual reality is you don't have a second screen. You can't multitask. You really have to focus, you know, on that one issue. And this actually is very, very demanding. So therefore, after one hour, we always have to give people a break and say, take a screen break, look outside the window, do a short walk, you know, to relax your eyes. But you really have to be focused. Then also the way how you present slides in, in that it really works with today's technology. You really need 40 point text for very thick lines, meaning you really have to reduce your content. And this forced me as a professor to really think about the essence, you know, of my, my, my trainings, of my lectures. And I think it really helped us to give in the end the same message in really a much more focused time. And what we also learned is this emotional connect. And there are different platforms we use. We have one platform, the one I'm using mainly. All the students, the participants are generic avatars. They all look the same. You can change your color and on top of your virtual avatar head is your name and your company of affiliation. And actually, this is great as this is reducing all the biases. You know, everyone is the same. We don't think, oh, this person looks a little bit strange. I don't trust her or him, you know. And um, 
you, you have this shared experiences. And even if they all are these basic avatars, it's really totally amazing still for me after being hundreds of hours in VR, um, how easily people connect to each other. You have these four people in a virtual breakout room and they really work very closely together, perhaps even better as if they would be in a breakout room, you know, in a business school. And so they have it. We have other teaching platforms where we really have avatars um, that are the people who are scanned and they really are look alive in the real. And also this works, but probably more in a corporate context, you know, in an in-house situation where you would like to see your colleagues, you know, the CEO of your company as they look in, in real. But I, yeah, I totally can underline it. It's definitely faster as you have to be more focused. You are more focused as you don't have a second screen. And I also think you are 100% more emotionally connected than whatever you do in Zoom, you know, in traditional online, where you just see people in 2D in a small stamp, you know, and that's all the interaction. Probably still the metaverse cannot substitute, you know, the beer or the wine in the evening, what we normally have, where you also probably can connect to people. This still perhaps, but also for luck is not possible yet. We, when we think about AI and VR and so on, we always think about engineering. Uh, we always imagine this picture of you look at the machine and then you have your iPad or your smartphone and so on, and then it, it sees what is inside the machine and how the process that are running. And of course, it's a motor of it. It's impossible to see that in your life. Uh, we think of medicines and you mm -hmm. can see the human body and the different parts of the human body, things that you cannot do. So uh, many times for us, uh, things like engineering, it's pretty clear. But then we go to technology, things that are more abstract, like programming, math, and it's more complicated. And finally, we go to executive education and we talk about the strategy, digital strategy, everything is abstract. And mm -hmm. how do you see the difference and how do you manage these different levels of abstractions that you go? Yeah, it's a very good question. Let me share the experience, not of myself, but of a close colleague, Harry Badnacken. He is doing a lot of VR um, here at, at Aachen University, and he's a civil engineer. And he pioneered this, and he's teaching, you know, his students on water treatment and, you know, doing waterways. And some of his classes are also, um, how you call it in English, um, you know, if there's a flooding and then these engineers, water engineers have to react on a flooding. So, and he said, well, we really can have to use VR for physical training. So people, you know, are, the students are in VR and they learn how to build these, um, you know, emergency measures, barriers against the water and so on. But then he realized for my water engineers, civil engineers, their biggest problem later when they start working is actually not managing the water, but is managing the people. And then he said, for the engineers, perhaps the best way in VR is that they can have learn how to, you know, talk to citizens. As this is what these engineers also have to do. If there's a flooding coming, they have to go to a village and convince everyone to leave their house. And the people don't want to leave their house, you know, as they don't see the emergency. And this is where he now told me, actually, the VR is most effective 
is he can simulate angry citizens. And the students can do in a very safe environment, really learn, you know, how it is to have this debate with an angry crowd of citizens. And he has, and we have our own teaching platform for VR at the university. And you can really set up as the coach, you know, the level of annoyance. And at one point, the, the citizens throw you virtual tomatoes and so on, and really get angry. And sometimes they are more um, this. So you have really great way. And see, I think that's a great example. You know, he started in very practical engineering teaching, but then realized the real strength is to simulate angry citizens in role play. Mm. That's fascinating. That's very, very, very great. So uh, we see that online education, particularly in integrative education, is conquering the world. And now the metaverse with all these experience mm -hmm. of virtual reality and so on seem to be clearly much better for many situations, probably not mm -hmm. all situations, or maybe not all situations, but for many, they look like much better. What is left in the future for face-to-face uh, -face, mm -hmm. uh, education? Is there anything left? Or we will be, all of us, avatars anytime soon. <laughs> well, I, I, so I would say we have different kind of executive education programs. So for the ones I just mentioned earlier, I see this actually working very well in the metaverse as in the moment we just use virtual classrooms, you know, for these kind of interactions. But I see in the next one or two years, we will have virtual factories and the factory tour we normally did, you know, by going to BMW or Porsche or Audi and getting really a whip treatment with a plant director going walking through the plant. I think in one or two years, we can do this actually in a virtual world. And then you not just could observe the plant, but actually you can mess around with it. I think we have many, many ideas, and this is not realized yet, but I see a lot to come. And then actually, you know, in my bachelor class, um, in my bachelor level students, um, they all at the first year bachelor students of my class, already today and actually since seven years the teaching is delivered in a serious game so the students manage a car manufacturing company in this typical on traditional online situations but they are the manager of their own car company they compete with hundreds of other students and who has the best car company and then whenever they have to do something that they don't know they get the teaching video you know to solve the task and I see this also on a much higher level for executives, you know, that perhaps actually a real metaverse class is not just a virtual classroom with avatars, but actually you get a trial factory, you have to really do the task, you have a development task, and while you're doing it, perhaps with a, with a group of peers, you know, um, you come, you, you learn also the content. But then what's left for face-to-face? I would say for longer prong programs like executive MBAs, full-time MBAs, these face-to-face -face brings a strong other element. As for these kind of programs, probably if we are honest, what we as professors teach is at least if max, maximum 50% of the value. 50% there of the value comes from the network. The, the, you know, the exchange, the informal exchange of these students in the socials, at sports, and so on. And I think this we can't replace with the metaverse. Uh, 
So for these longer programs, I think where we all moved out to blend it, but we definitely will bring people to the club, back to the campuses face to face, but then not waste the time when are people here face to face with, with lectures, but really with stronger interactions and also interactions which are not scripted, you know, by templates and break exercises, but where really students have the, uh, you know, the, the room to co-create something together um, on your own pace, you know, and really on their own topics. Yeah, that's great. One, one of the things that uh, is interesting in all these phenomena is the evolution of the role of the professor. Uh, uh, in the beginning, we, we professors were managing discussions, lecturing. This was the main role of the professors. Now, with the COVID and the pandemics and a bit before, with the MOOCs and so on, we become content creators. And uh, this is a completely different skills because you know how to manage with cameras, you know how to manage how to produce videos, you know how to produce all these kind of things that we never did before. We were basically writing things, or talking, and now the interaction is a completely different level. Now it comes VR and artificial reality and so on. How do you see the change in the uh, uh, capacity of professors to adapt to this new world? Well, I think first of all, we really need to be in larger teams. As all what I do in VR, I'm not an expert of VR, but behind me, I have in all cases a great team you know a great of team of the on the leadership network platform where do executive trainings a great team on the side of rvth you know where we have 15 people full-time working on these digital uh, teaching environments and they support me and they are open to my input but i really have to trust them as i never have the time the capabilities to do this Actually, teaching in VR was amazingly simple. And I think, and, and, and the good thing is, and you still need the good skills. If you were a bad teacher in the classroom, you're also a bad teacher in VR. You know, you can't hide as the avatar is really mimicking what you normally do in a physical space and the way how you build it. Well, probably I had to learn to rearrange my slides, you know, really do this, but perhaps I really learned from doing this in VR also to improve my teaching in the classroom. It's probably also there now I know to be more focused, you know, and don't to overload the students with content. So therefore I would say this is probably um, the, the big mandate for business schools, the administrators, that they really see in the staffing, you know, that a great class, a flagship class, is really even more than two-day managed, not just by a professor and perhaps a teaching assistant, but really by a team. And you have a producer of the digital content, and this person is as important as a professor. One of, one of the things that all this technology changed a lot is the economics behind universities. Mm -hmm. Uh, in the economics, in two senses. On, on one hand, the capacity to uh, uh, use these technologies. These technologies many times are not cheap. Also, the skills needed for the professors and the skills to reskilling the professors and so on is not cheap. But on the other sense, the capacity to reach students. I mean, now you are more like Google or like uh, Meta, Facebook, and so on, Amazon, and so on. You can reach hundreds, thousands tens of thousands, even millions of students with a single platform by the MOOCs and so on. 
So the, the, the whole economic changed a lot. Look at MIT and all these online courses that they are doing and they are distilling some of the people that then then bring to other courses and so on. So the change in the economics uh, changed a lot for universities. What do you think? This the small university, small business schools will survive all this tremendous mm -hmm. amount of change that they face, and particularly the economics behind these changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a very interesting question, and I think there's, as you said, there are so many different kinds of universities. You know, where I am here at Aachen, we are a dinosaur of German engineering, you know, 50,000 students. But basically, even with 50,000 students, we are basically a research university. You know, and most of the professors here are here for do research and we have a very great research infrastructure. And for many years, teaching was something you did on the side and no one paid too much attention. We learned really over the last decades that teaching is important, you know, and invested a lot in this and also before Corona into these digital formats. But we are a state university and the money we get from the state, which is about a third of our budget, is really depending on the number of graduates we produce. And here, actually, our chancellor, who is in charge of the economics, realized if the government realizes how efficient online teaching is, you know, they don't have to fund all the universities. And so as a clever manager, he says, I have to make sure that we have reasons to exist to get this funding. And so the future of our bachelor education is seen as entirely project based. So we are really actually reinventing the reason why students should come, you know, in physical presence to Aachen. And we get the funding for this from the government. As we say, instead of putting you in lectures, you really have a much more action oriented learning. And from the beginning, you work in real you know, projects with companies, with societies, and so on, and to somehow um, reinvent our existing business model. However, I totally agree that we have huge opportunities um, also to reach other audience. And it's a little bit the story we had when MOOCs came up, but to my knowledge, no MOOC put any um, existing university out of business. On the contrary, I, you know, in my innovation management uh, MOOCs on edX, I have about 10,000 students every year. But these are all additional people we engage with. They never would have come to Aachen, you know, to sit in one of my normal master lectures. Um, but these are additional people we now reach. And they not do it as a substitute to a university degree, but most of them do it on the job as one they really would like to have a very specific input. However, of these 10,000 plus, only very few actually do the exam, you know, many of them drop out. So, but still the world the first that joined, they all got some ideas and then they decide perhaps it's not for me. So, but it's a very, very different market here, which I think is super great as we all agree that this world needs more, you know, knowledge and skills and education. And therefore, um, I'm very, very positive that this is just additional, you know, however, that it was in the economics of a university, we definitely have to put teaching and infrastructure for teaching on higher priority, as it used at least to be for a research university as Aachen in the past, as 
you know, you have to be on that game. Um, you know, as what I said earlier, you don't get VR teaching for free. You really have to invest into this and learn how to do it. Well, uh, thank you so much. I don't know if there is there anything that I didn't ask that I should have been asked, or is anything that you want to add to this conversation? Well, I, I think no. I think you asked a lot of things. It was a um, great conversation. I'm just thinking on it. What I would just I I don't know actually who all is in the audience here. But my message to is even if I ended perhaps a little bit differently by saying you have to invest to it in professionally, the good thing with all of this is you can experience it and practice is very, very cheaply. You know, an Oculus 2 um, VR headset is less than $500. And it has much larger capacity than a high-end, you know, headset a couple, just a couple of years ago. And I think the good thing with all of these things, you can just try it out. You, you very quickly do a minimum viable product. So I would just say really experiment as this is what I did, you know, when we did the first flipped classroom was one of the first in, in Germany. We just did it with, you know, one of my PhD students who was good in holding a camera, you know, and we produce it. Now we have this big professional studio and professional camera people, you know, but we started very, very frugal. And I think this is a great thing at this new world that's coming up. You can reuse a lot of the platforms. You even just go to Spatial, you know, or one of these um, for free available VR rooms to try it out. This is what I now do with my PhD students. You know, we have our seminar in Spatial as we just wanted to change to the other Zoom meeting. And this has no cost, you know, and, and well, and all of your students are happy if you give them an Oculus, you know, on your budget as you saved all your travel budget for the conferences <laughs> this year so they all can get the Oculus. So this is just what I would encourage, you know, um, everyone who's listening to this podcast, just give it a try, you know, and it's really much more there. And if you want to do it on a high level, like at Esade, you know, where you really have a very high demand on the execution, you have to invest. But just to give it a try, you can do it really very frugally and experimentally. That was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you very much, Frank. Uh, that was total wunderbar. Vielen Dank, uh, Frank. Yes, sure. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And and thank you very much to you all for listening to this podcast. <laughs> the metaverse and a new phase in education is coming, and this will affect all of us. Thank you very much again. If you still want to learn more, Remember, you can register on our platform, dobetter.asade.edu. That was all for today. Until next time, thank you. Do Better.